You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. Entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. The Tower of London, officially Her Majesty's Royal Palace and Fortress of the Tower of London, is a historic castle located on the north bank of the River Thames in central London. It lies within the London borough of Tower Hamlets, separated from the eastern edge of the square mile of the city of London by the open space known as Tower Hill. It was founded towards the end of the year 1066 as part of the Norman conquest of England. The White Tower, which gives the entire castle its name, was built by William the Conqueror in the year 1078 and was represented symbol of oppression inflicted upon London by the new ruling elite. The castle was used as a prison from 1100 until 1952 although that was not its primary purpose. A grand palace early in its history, it served as a royal residence. As a whole, the tower is a complex of several buildings set within two concentric rings of defensive walls and a moat. There were several phases of expansion, mainly under King Richard the Lionheart Henry III, and Edward I in the 12th and 13th centuries. The general layout established by the late 13th century remains despite later activity on the site. The Tower of London has played a prominent role in English history. It was besieged several times and controlling it has been important to controlling the country. The tower has served variously as an armory, a treasury, a menagerie, 
the home of the Royal Mint, a public record office, and the home of the Crown Jewels of England. From the early 14th century until the reign of Charles II, a procession would be led from the tower to Westminster Abbey on the coronation of a monarch. In the absence of the monarch, the constable of the tower is in charge of the castle. This was a powerful and trusted position in the medieval period. In the late 15th century, the castle was the prison of the princes in the tower. Under the Tudors, the tower became used less as a royal residence, and despite attempts to refortify and repair the castle, its defenses lagged behind development to deal with artillery. The peak period of the castle's use as a prison was the 16th and 17th centuries, when many figures who had fallen into disgrace, such as Elizabeth I, before she became queen, Sir Walter Raleigh, and Elizabeth Throckmorton were held within its walls. This use has led to the phrase, sent to the tower. Despite its enduring reputation as a place of torture and death, popularized by the 16th century religious propagandists and the 19th century writers, only seven people were executed within the tower before the world wars of the 20th century. Executions were more commonly held on the notorious Tower Hill to the north of the castle, with 112 executions occurring there over a 400-year period. In the latter half of the 19th century, institutions such as the Royal Mint moved out of the castle to other locations leaving many buildings empty. Anthony Salvin and John Taylor took the opportunity to restore the tower to what they felt it was its medieval appearance, clearing out many of the vacant post-medieval structures. In the First and Second World War, the tower was again used as a prison and witnessed the execution of 12 men for espionage. After the Second World War, damage caused during the Blitz was repaired and the castle reopened to the public. Today, the Tower of London is one of the country's most popular tourist attractions. Under the ceremonial charge of the Constable of the Tower, it is cared for by the charity Historic Royal Palaces and is protected as a World Heritage Site. The tower was oriented with its strongest and most impressive defenses overlooking Saxon London, which archaeologists suggest was deliberate. It would have been visually dominated the surrounding area and stood out to traffic on the River Thames. The castle is made up of three wards, or enclosures. 
the innermost ward contains the White Tower and is the earliest phase of the castle. Encircling it to the south and to the east and west is the inner ward, built during the reign of Richard the Lionheart from the year 1189 to the year 1199. Finally, there is the outer ward, which encompasses the castle and was built under the Edward I. Although there were several phases of expansion after William the Conqueror founded the Tower of London, the general layout has remained the same since Edward I completed his rebuild in the year 1285. The castle encloses an area of almost 12 acres, with a further six acres around the Tower of London constituting the Tower Lib Liberties, land under the direct influence of the castle and cleared for military reasons. The precursors of the Liberties was laid out in the 13th century when Henry III ordered that a strip of land adjacent to the castle be kept clear. Despite popular fiction, the Tower of London has never had a permanent torture chamber, although the basement of the White Tower housed a rack in later periods. The Tower Wharf was built on the bank of the Thames under Edward I and was expanded to its current size during the reign of Richard II which was the year 1377 to 1399. The White Tower is known as a keep. It's also known as a donjon, which is often the strongest structure in the medieval castle and contain lodgings suitable for the Lord, in this case, the king or his representative. According to military historians, the Great White Tower was also, by virtue of its strength, majesty and lordly accommodations, the donjon par excellence. As one of the largest keeps in the Christian world, the White Tower has been described as the most complete 11th century palace in Europe. The White Tower, not including its projecting corner towers, measures 36 by 32 meters, or 120 by 105 feet at the base, and is 90 feet high at the southern battlements. The structure was originally three stories high, comprising a basement floor, an entrance level, and an upper floor. The entrance, as unusual, in Norman Keeps was above ground, in this case on the south face, and accessed via a wooden staircase which would be removed in the event of an attack. It was probably during Henry II's reign that a forebuilding was added to the south side of the tower to provide extra defenses to the entrance, but it has not survived. Each floor was divided into three chambers, the largest in the west, 
a smaller room in the northeast, and the chapel taking up the entrance and upper floors in the southeast. At the western corners of the building are square towers, while the northeast, a round tower house, a spiral staircase. At the southeast corner, there's a large semicircular projection which accommodates the apse of the chapel. As the building was intended to be comfortable residence, as well as a stronghold, latrines were built into the walls and four fireplaces provided warmth. The main building material is Kenish ragstone, although some local mudstone was also used. Constone was imported from the northern France to provide details in the towers facing although little of the original material survives, as it was replaced with Portland stone in the 17th and 18th century. As most of the tower's windows were enlarged in the 18th century, only two original, albeit restored, examples remain in the south wall at the gallery level. The tower was terraced into the side of a mound so that the northern side of the basement is partially below ground level. As was typical of most keeps, the bottom floor was an undercroft used for storage. One of the rooms contained a well, although the layout has remained the same since the tower's construction. The interior of the basement dates mostly from the 18th century when the floor was lowered and the pre-existing timber vaults were replaced with brick counterparts. The basement is lit through small slits. The entrance floor was probably intended for the use of the constable of the tower, lieutenant of the Tower of London, and other important officials. South entrance was blocked during the 17th century and not reopened until 1973. Those heading to the upper floors had to pass through a smaller chamber to the east, also connected to the entrance floor. The crypt of St. John's Chapel occupied the southeast corner and was accessible only from the eastern chamber. There is a recess in the north wall of the crypt the windowless form and restricted access suggests that it was designed as a strong room for safekeeping of royal treasures and important documents. The upper floors contained a grand hall in the west and a residential chamber in the east, both originally open to the roof and surrounded by a gallery built into the wall. And St. John's Chapel in the southeast the top floor was added in the 15th century, along with the present roof. St. John's Chapel was not part of the White Tower's original design, as the apsidal projection was built after the basement walls. Due to the changes in function and design since the tower's construction, except for the chapel, little is left of the original interior. The chapel's current barren and adored appearance is reminiscent of how it would have been in the Norman period. In the 13th century, during Henry III's reign, 
The chapel was decorated with such ornaments as gold-painted crosses and stained-glass windows that depicted the Virgin Mary and the Holy Trinity. The innermost ward encloses an area immediately south of the White Tower, stretching towards once the edge of the River Thames. As was the case at other castles, such as the 11th century Hendomen, the innermost ward was probably filled with timber buildings from the tower's foundation. Exactly when the royal lodgings began to encroach from the White Tower into the innermost ward is uncertain although it had happened by the 1170s. Lodgings were renovated and elaborated during the, 20, the 1220s and 1230s, being comparable to other palatial residences, such as Windsor Castle. Construction of Wakefield and Lanthorn Towers, located at the corners of the innermost ward's wall along the river began around the year 1220. They probably served as private residences for the queen and king respectively. The earliest evidence for how the royal chambers were decorated come from Henry's third reign. The queen's chamber was whitewashed and painted with flowers and imitation stonework. A great hall existed in the south of the ward between the two towers. It was similar to, although slightly smaller than, that was also built by Henry III at Winchester Castle. Near Wakefield Tower was a postern gate which allowed private access to the king's apartments. The innermost wards were originally surrounded by a protective ditch which had been filled by the year 1220. Around this time, a kitchen was built in the ward. Between 1666 and 1676, the innermost ward was transformed and the palace building removed. An area around the White Tower was cleared so that anyone approaching would have to cross open ground. The jewel house was demolished, and the crown jewels moved to Martin Tower. The inner ward was created during Richard the Lionheart's reign, when a moat was dug to the west of the innermost ward, effectively doubling the castle's size. Henry III created the ward's east and north walls, and the ward's dimensions remain to this day. Most of Henry's work survives and only two of the nine towers he constructed have been completely rebuilt. Between Wakefield and Lanthorn Towers, the innermost ward's wall also serve as a curtain wall for the inner ward. The main entrance to the inner ward would have been through a gatehouse most likely in the west wall of the site of what is now Beauchamp Tower. The inner ward's western curtain wall was rebuilt by Edward I. The 13th century Beauchamp Tower marks the first large-scale use of a brick as a building material in Britain since the 5th century departure of the Romans.
The Beauchamp Tower is one of 13 towers that stud the curtain wall. Anti-clockwise from the southwest corner they are Bell, Beauchamp, Devoux, Flint, Boyer, Brick, Martin, Constable, Broad Arrow, Salt, Lanthorn, Wakefield, and the Bloody Tower. While these towers provided positions from which flanking fire could be deployed against a potential enemy, they also contained accommodations. As the name suggests, Bell Tower housed a belfry, its purpose to raise the alarm in the event of attack. The royal bowmaker responsible for making longbows, crossbows, and catapults, and other siege and hand weapons, had a workshop in Boyer Tower. The turret at the top of Lanthorn Tower was used as a beacon by traffic approaching the tower at night. As a result of Henry's expansion, St. Peter ad Vicula, a Norman chapel, which had previously stood outside the tower, was incorporated into the castle. Henry decorated the chapel by adding glazed windows and stalls for himself and his queen. It was rebuilt by Edward I at the cost of over 300 pounds, and again by Henry VIII in the year 1519. The current building dates from this period, although the chapel was refurbished in the 19th century. Immediately west of Wakefield Tower, the Bloody Tower was built at the same time as the Inner Ward's curtain wall and as the water gate provides access to the castle from the River Thames. It was a simple structure protected by a porticolis and a gate the Bloody Tower acquired its name in the 16th century as it was believed to be the site of the murder of the princess in the tower. Between 1339 and 1341, a gatehouse was built into the curtain wall between the Bell and Salt Towers. During the Tudor period, a range of buildings for the storage of munitions was built along the inside of the North Inner Ward. The castle buildings were remodeled during the Stuart period, mostly under the auspices of the Office of the Ordnance. In 1663, just over 4,000 pounds was spent building a new storehouse, now known as the New Armories, in the Inner Ward. Construction of the Grand Storehouse north of the White Tower began in 1688 on the same site as the dilapidated Tudor range of storehouses. It was destroyed by fire in 1841. The Waterloo Block, a former barracks and the castellated Gothic Revival style with domestic Tudor details, was built on the site of the remains to this day, housing the crown jewels on the ground floor. A third ward was created during Edward I's extension of the tower as the narrow enclosure completely surrounded the castle. 
At the same time, a bastion known as Legs Mount was built at the castle's northwest corner. Brass Mount was the bastion in the northeastern corner and was a later addition. The three rectangular towers along the east wall, 50 feet apart, were dismantled in 1843. Although the bastions have often been ascribed to the Tudor period, there is no evidence to support this. Archaeological investigation suggests that Legs Mount dates from the reign of Edward I. Blocked battlements in the south side of Legs Mount are the only surviving medieval battlements at the Tower of London. The rest are Victorian replacements. A new 160-foot moat was dug beyond the castle's new limits. It was originally 15 feet deeper in the middle than it is today. With the addition of a new curtain wall, the old main entrance to the Tower of London was obscured and made redundant. A new entrance was created in the southwest corner of the external wall circuit. The complex consisted of an inner and outer gatehouse and a barbican, which became known as the Lion Tower, as it was associated with the animals as part of the royal menagerie since at least the 1330s. The Lion Tower itself no longer survives. Edward extended the south side of the Tower of London into the land that had previously been submerged by the River Thames. In this wall, he built St. Thomas's Tower between 1275 and 1279, later known as the Trader's Gate. It replaced the Bloody Tower as the castle's water gate. The building is unique in England, and the closest parallel is now the demolished water gate in the Louvre in Paris. The dock was covered with arrow slits in case of an attack on the castle from the river. There was also a porticolis in the entrance to control who entered. There were luxurious lodgings on the first floor. Edward also moved the royal mint into the tower. Its exact location early on is unknown, although it was probably in either the outer ward or the lion tower. By 1560, the Mint was located in a building in the Outer Ward near Salt Tower. Between the years 1348 and 1355, a second Watergate, Cradle Tower, was added to the east of St. Thomas's Tower for the King's private use. Victorious at the Battle of Hastings on October 14, 1066, the invading Duke of Normandy, William the Conqueror, spent the rest of the year securing his holdings by fortifying key positions. He found several castles along the way, but took a circuitous route towards London. Only when he reached Canterbury did he turn towards England's largest city. As the fortified bridge into London was held by Saxon troops, he decided instead to, to ravage Southwark before continuing his journey around southern England. 
A series of Norman victories along the route cut the city supply lines, and in December 1066, isolated and intimidated its leaders yielding London without a fight. Between 1066 and 1087, William the Conqueror established 36 castles. All those references in many books indicate that many more were founded by his subordinates. The new ruling elite undertook what he had been described as the most extensive and concentrated program of castle building in the whole history of feudal Europe. They were multi-purpose buildings serving as fortifications, used as base of operation in enemy territory, centers of administration, and residences. William the Conqueror sent an advance party to prepare the city for his entrance, to celebrate his victory in Found Castle. In the words of William's biographer, William of Portiers, certain fortifications were completed in the city against the restlessness of the huge and brutal populace. For he, William, realized that it was the first importance to overawe the Londoners. At the time, London was the largest town in England, the foundation of Westminster Abbey, and the old Palace of Westminster under Edward the Confessor, had marked it as the seventh center of governance, and with a prosperous port, it was important for the Normans to establish control over the settlement. Two other castles in London, Baynard's Castle and Montefiegue's Castle, were established at the same time. The fortification that would later become known as the Tower of London was built into the southeast corner of the Roman town walls, using them as prefabricated defenses. With the River Thames providing additional protections from the south, this earliest phase of the castle would have been enclosed by a ditch and defended by a timber palisade and probably had accommodations suitable for William. Most of the early Norman castles were built from timber, but by the end of the 11th century, a few, including the Tower of London, had been renovated or replaced with stone. Work on the White Tower, which gives the whole castle its name, is usually considered to have begun in the year 1078, However, the exact date is uncertain. William the Conqueror made Gunluff, Bishop of Rochester, responsible for its construction, although it may have not been completed until after William's death in 1087. The White Tower is the earliest stone keep in England, and it was the strongest point of the early castle. It also contained grand accommodations for the king, and, the late, and at the latest, it was probably finished in a, by the year 1100 when Bishop Ranulf Flambard was imprisoned there. Flambard was loathed by the English for exacting harsh taxes. Although he is the first recorded prisoner held in the tower, he is also the first person to escape from it, using a smuggled rope secreted in a butt of wine. 
He was held in luxury and permitted servants, but on two fe- on the 2nd of February in the year 1101, he hosted a banquet for his captors. After plying them with drink when no one was looking, he lowered himself from a secluded chamber and out of the tower. The escape came as such a surprise that one contemporary chronicler accused the bishop of witchcraft. The Anglo-Saxon Chronicle records that in 1097, King William II ordered a wall to be built around the Tower of London. It was probably built from stone as a replacement for the timber palisades that arced around the north and west sides of the castle, between the Roman wall and the Thames. The Norman conquest of London manifested itself not only with a new ruling class, but in the way the city was structured. Land was confiscated and redistributed among the Normans. The death in the year 1135 of Henry I left England with a disputed succession. Although the king has persuaded his most powerful barons to swear support to Empress Matilda, just a few days after Henry's death, Stephen of Blois arrived from France to lay claim to the throne. The importance of the city and his tower is marked by the speed at which he secured London. The castle, which had not been used as a royal residence for some time, was usually left in charge of a constable, a post held at this time by Geoffrey de Manville. As the tower was considered an impregnable fortress in an strategically important position, possession was highly valued. Mandeville exploited this, selling his allegiance to Matilda after Stephen was captured in the year 1141 at the Battle of Lincoln. Once her support waned the following year, he resold his loyalty to Stephen. Though his role as constable of the tower, Mandeville became the richest and most powerful man in England. When he tried the same ploy again, this time holding secret talks with Matilda, Stephen had him arrested, forced him to cede control of the castles, and replaced him with one of his most loyal supporters. Until then, the position had been hereditary, originally held by Geoffrey de Manville, a friend of William the Conqueror's, an ancestor of Geoffrey, that Stephen and Matilda dealt with. But the position's authority was such that from then on it remained in the hands of an appointee of the monarch. The position was usually given to someone of great importance, who might not always be at the castle due to other duties. Although the constable was still responsible for maintaining the castle and its garrison, from an early stage he had a subordinate to help with his duty, the lieutenant of the tower. Constables also had civic duties related to the city. Usually, they were given control of the city and were responsible for levying taxes, enforcing the law, and maintaining order. The creation in 1191 of the position of Lord Mayor of London removed many of Constable's civic powers and at the time led to friction between the two.
the castle probably retained its form as established by 1100 until the reign of Richard the Lionheart in the year 1189 to 1199. The castle was extended under William Longchamp, Richard's Lord Chancellor and the man in charge of England while he was on crusade. The pipe rolls record 2,881 pounds spent at the Tower of London between December 3rd, 1189 and November 11th, 1190. From an estimated 7,000 pounds spent by Richard on the castle building in England. According to the contemporary chronicler Roger of Howden, Longchamp dug a moat around the castle and tried in vain to fill it from the Thames. Longchamp was also constable of the tower and undertook its expansion while preparing for war with King Richard's younger brother, Prince John, who, in King Richard's absence, arrived in England and tried to seize power. As Longchamp's main fortress, he made the tower as strong as possible. The new fortifications were first tested in October 1191, when the tower was besieged for the first time in its history. Longchamp capitulated to John after just three days, deciding he had more to gain from surrender than prolonging the siege. Prince John succeeded his brother, King Richard, as king in 1199, but his rule provided proved unpopular with many of his barons, who in response moved against him. In 1214, while the king was at Windsor Castle, Robert Fitzwalter led an army into London and laid siege to the tower. Although under garrison, the tower resisted and the siege was lifted once King John signed the Magna Carta. The king reneged on his promise of reform leading to the outbreak of the First Barons' War. Even after the Magna Carta was signed, Fitzwalter maintained his control of London. During the war, in Tower Garrison joins forces with the Barons. King John was deposed in 1216, and the Barons offered the English throne to Prince Louis, the eldest son of the French king. However, after John's death in October 1216, many began to support the claim of his eldest son, Prince Henry. War continued between the factions supporting Louis and Henry, with Fitzwalter supporting Louis. Fitzwalter, remember, was still in control of the London Tower, both of which held out until it was clear that Henry's supporters would prevail. In the 13th century, King Henry III, who reigned from 1216 to 1272, and King Edward I from 1272 to 1307, extended the castle, essentially creating it as it stands today. Henry was disconnected from his barons, and a mutual lack of understanding led to unrest and resentment towards his rule. As a result, he was eager to ensure the Tower of London was a formidable fortification. At the same time, Henry was 
an aesthetic, and wished to make the castle as comfortable place to live. From 1216 to 1277, nearly 10,000 pounds was spent on the Tower of London. In this period, only the work at Windsor Castle cost more at 15,000 pounds. Most of the work was focused on the palatial buildings of the innermost ward. The tradition of whitewashing the White Tower, from which it derives its name, began in the year 1240. Beginning around 1238, the castle was expanded to the east, north, and northeast. The work lasted through the reign of Henry III and into that of Edward I, interrupted occasionally by civil unrest. New creations included a new defense perimeter, studded with towers, while on the west, north, and east sides, where the wall was not defended by the river, a defensive ditch was dug. The eastern extension took the castle beyond the bounds of the old Roman settlement, marked by the city wall which had been incorporated in the castle's defenses. The tower had long been the symbol of oppression, despised by Londoners, and Henry's building program was very unpopular. So when the gatehouse collapsed in 1240, the locals celebrated the setback. The expansion caused disruption locally, and 166 pounds was paid to St. Catherine Hospital and the Prior of Holy Trinity in compensation. Henry III often held court at the Tower of London and held Parliament there on at least two occasions, in 1236 and 1261, when he felt that the barons were becoming dangerously unruly. In 1258, the discontented barons, led by Simon de Montfort, forced the king to agree to reforms, including the holdings of regular parliaments. Relinquishing the Tower of London was among the conditions. Henry III resented losing power and sought permission from the Pope to break his oath. With the backing of mercenaries, Henry installed himself in the tower in 1261. While negotiations continued with the barons, the king ensconced himself in the castle, although no army moved to take it. A truce was agreed and with the condition that the king hand over control of the tower once again. Henry won a significant victory at the Battle of Evensham in 1265, allowing him to regain control of the country and the Tower of London. Cardinal Otbon came to England to excommunicate those who were still rebellious. The act was deeply unpopular and the situation was exaggerated when the Cardinal was granted custody of the Tower. Gilbert de Clare, 6th Earl of Hedford, marched on London in April 1267 and laid siege to the castle, declaring that the custody of the tower was not a post to be trusted in the hands of foreigners, much less ecclesiastics. Despite a large army and siege engines, Gilbert de Clare was unable to take the castle. The Earl retreated, allowing the King control of the capital, and the tower experienced peace for the rest of Henry's reign. 
although he was rarely in London. Edward I undertook an expensive remodeling of the tower, costing 21,000 pounds between the years 1275 and 1285, over double that spent on castles during the whole of Henry III's reign. Edward I was a seasoned castle builder and used his experience of siege warfare during the Crusades to bring innovations to castle building. His, ca his program of castle building in Wales heralded the introduction of the widespread use of arrow slits in castle walls across Europe, drawing on Eastern influences. At the Tower of London, Edward filled in the moat dug by Henry III and built a new curtain wall along its line, creating a new enclosure. A new moat was created in the front of the new curtain wall. The western part of Henry III's curtain wall was rebuilt with Beauchamp Tower replacing the castle's old gatehouse. A new entrance was created with elaborate defenses, including two gatehouses and a barbican. In an effort to make the castle self-sufficient, Edward I also added two watermills. Now we come to the later medieval period. During Edward II's reign from the year 1307 to 1327, there was relatively little activity at the Tower of London. However, it was during this period that the Privy Wardrobe was founded. The institution was based at the tower responsible for organizing the state arms. In 1321, Margaret de Clare, Baroness Baldesmere, became the first woman imprisoned in the Tower of London after she refused Queen Isabella's admittance to Leeds Castle and ordered her archers to fire upon Isabella, killing six of the royal escort. Generally reserved for high-ranking inmates, the tower was the most important royal prison in the country. However, it was not necessarily very secure, and throughout its history, people bribed the guards to help them escape. In 1322, Roger Mortimer, 1st Earl of March, was aided by, in his escape from the tower by the sub-lieutenant of the tower, who let Mortimer's men inside. They hacked a hole in his cell wall and Mortimer escaped to a waiting boat. He fled to France where he encountered Edward's queens. They began an affair and plotted to overthrow the king. One of Mortimer's first acts on entering England was to capture the tower and release the prisoners held there. For three years he ruled while Edward III was too young to do it so himself. In 1330, Edward and his supporters captured Mortimer and threw him in the tower. Under Edward III's rule from 1312 to 1377, England experienced renewed success in warfare after his father's reign had put the realm on the back foot against the Scots and the French. Amongst Edward's successors were, successes were the Battle of Cursey and Pointers, where King John II of France was taken prisoner, and the capture of King David II of Scotland at Neville's Cross. During this period, 
the Tower of London held many noble prisoners of war. Edward II had allowed the Tower of London to fall into a state of disrepair, and by the reign of Edward III, the castle was an uncomfortable place. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.